You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. For the second week in a row, we're making a big deal out of something that isn't a very big deal with the Chicago Bears. Welcome into the Locked On Bears podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I write about the Chicago Bears for Bears Wire. I'm here to bring you your daily Chicago Bears news and analysis, and today we're talking about the Mitchell Trubisky quote that more or less went viral on Wednesday. Not exactly internet viral, but certainly NFL media viral, with Mitchell Trubisky asking about maybe turning off the televisions at Hallis Hall, and of course that turned into being the butt of the jokes and a bit of an over-analysis of an otherwise mostly meaningless quote from Mitchell Trubisky. So we'll explore some of the dynamics that went into that, but we'll also touch on the lack of production from the tight end position and uh, maybe a slight revelation Matt Nagy made this week. And we'll wrap up with the disappearance of Tariq Cohen in this Chicago Bears offense. Right about this exact same time last week, all anyone was talking about with this Chicago Bears team was... Mitchell Trubisky taking a knee on the second-to-last play of the game and the ball not ending up on the hash mark Eddie Pinero might have preferred for the potential game-winning field goal attempt. And that play sequence and end of the game was analyzed endlessly to the point where it really seemed like it was built up to be a much bigger deal than it actually was. And now, close to seven days later, it feels like we're in a similar situation with something Mitchell Trubisky said on Wednesday, asked about the process of dealing with outside criticism and and how he tries to block things out. He sort of offered an idea for how he handles that and how the team might be able to handle that a little bit better. You mentioned this this positive mindset, to to use your words last year. If you maintain the, the zero dark 10 approach and just hearing certain messages. Yeah, I've done pretty good with that. Um, trying to get some of these TVs in the building turned off because you got too many people talking on TV about us and uh, what they think about us, what we should do, what we are and what we're not. But they don't really know who we are or what we're capable of people or what we're going through or what we're thinking. Um, it's just the outside viewers uh, looking in. And uh, so, yeah, tunnel vision, earmuffs, and just come to work every day and try to get better and get back to what we know we're capable of doing. So as you might expect, Mitchell Trubisky's line about trying to turn the TVs off at Hallis Hall drew the butt of some jokes and certainly some firing back criticism from frustrated fans. You know, sort of the some of the things you might expect, you know, that Mitchell Trubisky, you can't know, the, t- the TVs can't even get reception with Mitchell Trubisky, or if, if Mitchell Trubisky doesn't like having the TV on, they should just put a picture of Anthony Miller on it because he'll never look at it. Or, you know, seeing Trubisky play makes me want to turn off my TV as well. So, you know, the feeling is mutual or, you know, he attempts to pass the remote, it comes up in I mean, you know, there's all these sort of easy television jokes that everyone's making on Twitter and things like that. And I'm, I'm certainly never going to get in the way of somebody getting their jokes off. But it, it sort of like became a talking point of like a, a real thing about Mitchell Trubisky maybe being like soft or, or something like that. And I just think 
it's so be, being made into so much a bigger deal than it actually is. Because, like, I think people are taking Mitch way too seriously in terms of, like, he's not asking necessarily, like, he's not complaining about, oh, there's too many TVs at Hallis Hall and they should air something else. I mean, it's not about the TVs specifically. I mean, it's about blocking out all of those outside messages. I mean, it's not like Hallis Hall has TVs playing, you know, ESPN in every hallway and in every room and when they're trying to be in meetings, you know, I mean, it, it's it's a little bit it's a little bit ridiculous. I think people picture something of like him walking in every day and seeing Stephen A. Smith on the television ranting about how, you know, the Bears should bench their quarterback. I think it's just sort of a bigger thing of like he doesn't want any reminders of it because it's just it's annoying at, at this point in the season. And it's not that he feels like attacked by it or like it's affecting him necessarily but it's you know it's just the kind of thing where it's like he doesn't even you know you don't want to see it really it's not it's not valuable to anybody to really have it there so you know the one tv he maybe comes across or where you're in the locker room or in the in the weight room or whatever I mean it's just it's such a a non-big deal a non-story and it's more I thought a larger point than specifically the television that there's even Adam Johns, the reporter who asked that question, kind of tweeted out that he thought it was sort of a tongue-in-cheek answer that it's not so much again physically he wants these televisions turned off, but it's just sort of more broadly turning off the television, turning off more of the outside noise, and you know sort of making sure that the team understands that the outside voices aren't important and shouldn't penetrate their locker room. And, you know, whatever televisions are there might be physically penetrating the locker room. But, of course, it's not like the TV is airing constantly anti-Bears messaging 24 hours a day. So that's – I think we sort of build this up maybe just for the jokes, and I'm, I'm certainly going to let people get their jokes off. But as soon as it starts being like a real criticism of Mitchell Trubisky for, for making a comment like that, that's when it feels like we're overanalyzing a little bit. We're looking for news on a, a dull middle of the NFL season, middle of the week when there's not much else Bears news going on. Turning off the TVs. I, I'm turning off the talking about turning off the TVs. How about that? The TVs might be talking about how the Bears are two and a half point favorites this week against the Detroit Lions right now on mybookie.ag. And the point total over under for this game is expecting another lower scoring affair with the point total set at just 41 and a half. The money line has the Bears minus 130. If you want to turn your Bears knowledge into cash in your wallet, my bookie is the place for you. If you're tired of just watching the games from the couch with nothing to gain, my bookie wants to get your mind off of everything else and back on the game. And if you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. So that means if you deposit $2,000, you get an extra 1000 in free money to play with. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, to take advantage of MyBookie's generous sign-up offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. And if you find yourself in a similar position to Trubisky, looking to increase your performance and get some of that extra confidence back, then you need to check out our friends at Blue Chew. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. 
And because they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, it's not just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance. Blue Chew is prescribed online, and they ship straight to your door in a discreet package, so you don't have to go to the doctor or wait at the pharmacy or deal with any of that awkwardness. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment for free when you use our special promo code Locked On. You just pay $5 for shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code locked on to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. We're sort of looking at the bears on the milk carton on today's Locked On Bears podcast. Some of the guys who are a little bit missing that certainly would be nice to be found. And one of them, perhaps the most missing offensively, is Trey Burton, your well-paid tight end who has 14 catches for 84 yards in seven games this season. But really, the entire tight end position has been a non-factor. The Bears' tight ends combine for, some quick math tells me, 27 catches for 205 yards and no touchdowns from all tight ends on this Bears roster. But some of that was sort of expected for the Ben Bronickers, the J.P. Holtzes, and to some extent even the Adam Shaheens of the world. But Trey Burton averaging 12 yards per game is far below any expectations we may have had for him. It's clo- it's closing in on a career low. He, he was averaging more yards per game during his final two seasons in Philadelphia than he is as the Chicago Bears starting tight end. As the Eagles' number three tight end, he was more productive in those seasons than he is right now as the Bears starter. And that's obviously been a problem. It's been wasted resources in terms of the money he's being paid and the snaps he's receiving on this offense. I mean, Adam Shaheen is 10 yards away from passing Trey Burton in yards this season. That's how bad it's been. Adam Shaheen has had a longer reception this season than Trey Burton. It's been really rough. And There's more blame to go around than just Trey Burton himself not playing well. Certainly uh, deficiencies at the quarterback position, and I think there's some scheme things we can point to as to why more balls haven't gone Trey Burton's way. But Matt Nagy addressed some of the issues at the tight end position with with Burton and beyond this week, and I thought he he was insightful in in a few different ways. You made the comment, Matt, I think Monday about how First and second down is like I think it was Pandora's box. Like you've got these plays in you want to run, but because of the situations, you can't get to them as early in games as you want to. And I think Adam asked you about Tariq's produ- production being mm-hmm. down. Trey Burton's numbers are even worse mm-hmm. than, than Tariq's. I'm just wondering, just in general, the tight end position is such a big part of what you want to do offensively. Are you just having a harder time getting into the plays for the tight ends? Going up, what you said, kind of Monday, that you just the situations just aren't really presenting themselves for you guys to do that. A, a little bit of that, yeah. There's there's been uh, there's been some opportunities where we've we've had that, but certainly last weekend, uh, you know, yet when you end up with 45 plays, uh, and then you take third downs and red zones into account, there's there's not a lot of volume there, and then you take the run game, and then and you have different players. It's, that's hard, um, and and so the 
to me, one of the beautiful parts of this offense is that you have so many different players and weapons that you can get the ball to. And you saw that last year. There was a lot of distribution. Um, that hasn't happened this year. And, and, and that's the part where we want to make sure, you know, um, for one game, if they're going to take if a Rob, they're going to take a Rob away, then then you know two other three other guys are going to show up. Um, that didn't happen last week because we just didn't have enough plays. I mean, you you just didn't. But there's other times where yes, the tight end production wise, we you know those guys want to be able to to uh, to have more production. But then you know when you when you have those guys on the field, the other guys you have, you're at times you're taking other good players off the field, and so it's just a juggling act. When you don't have a lot of plays and you're not getting first downs, you can't get into all that. Overstating it to, to talk about the importance of that position. I mean, you watched Ertz last week. Obviously, had a huge game for Philadelphia. You're with Kelsey in Kansas City. It just seems like the style you're trying to run, a good U tight end, is really important to what you're trying to do. Is that saying? Is that overstating it too much? No, it's not. But I'll say this with, with Trey. So Trey coming in here, um, you know, we, we went into training camp and he just wasn't right at, at training camp. We felt that we wanted to pull back, and now we're trying to gradually get him back. He's been playing better and better each week. Do I think he's 100% yet? No, I don't. Um, and so, you, you know, there's there's some opportunities that we've had here or there, but sir, it, it hasn't been, you're right, it hasn't been um, nearly as much as we wanted to. So um, be, between everything else that's going on, that's definitely a part that we would like to improve at. Matt, Matt, is, Matt, Matt is there a fine line with Trey specifically between him trying to grind through this mm -hmm. and when is it just not worth right. it? I mean, right. Right. Yeah, yeah, be yeah, right. Well, you want to you want to have productivity, so you want to be able to. It's not fair to Trey, and it's not fair to us if if that's the case. Um, that's not where I feel like we're at, but I do I do. We always want to keep an eye on guys, and we watch. You know, if, if there's a guy that may be playing a little bit slower than we want him to, um, you know, you, you always have to look at it. Uh, I, at least we do. Where if, if somebody's on the field, is the defense concerned? Right. That's how they're looking at it. And if, if they're on, so we always, every week, we want to make sure that we're, we're trying to take all that into account. At this point, I don't know how concerned defenses actually are by Trey Burton. Just his inability that even when the ball is thrown his way, his inability for him to be able to make plays after the catch and really be a threat in this offense. I think if, if you're talking about the five guys who are going out and running routes and, and being eligible receivers on each play in terms of you power power rank the threat when you have three wide receivers, a running back, and Trey Burton on the field, I don't know that anyone ranks below Trey Burton other than other tight ends. But, you know, I'd put Cohen, I'd put Montgomery, obviously Allen Robinson, and, and then I'd put Taylor Gabriel, Anthony Miller, even probably Javon Wims, more of a threat to me if I'm a defender than Trey Burton. You know, Cordero Patterson as well with his versatility. I mean, virtually every non-tight end in terms of the skill positions on this roster that are active are, are to me, are a bigger threat to the defense than Trey Burton. And it's it's a tough spot because, because of the injury like Matt Nagy was getting to. And, and Burton's not showing up on the injury report every week. He's not listed as limited for any practices. So... You know that you can you call the groin issue, and I believe him 100% that it is affecting Trey Burton because he's just not running the way he once was, and he, and he's not playing nearly as many snaps even as he did last year. You know, he he missed Week One against Green Bay, but otherwise he's played in every other game, and he's still only playing about 60% of the Bears snaps. Even but if you compare to last year, he was up at exactly 80% 
of the Bears' offensive snaps. So they've been intentionally playing him less. They've been playing tight ends less in general and going to a little bit more of a running back and wide receiver heavy offense, which I think is a reflection of their you know, their lack of talent at the tight end spot. Because even Adam Shaheen is playing a, a lower percentage of snaps so far this year than he was last year, at least in the games that he was actually in last season. So I'm left just kind of scratching my head a little bit, waiting for the Bears to do something at tight end, because it seems like he said Burton's getting better and better, but we're not really seeing that in terms of production. Meanwhile, you have a couple of young tight ends on the practice squad that might be able to offer you a little bit more. Maybe you could try more snaps for, for Ben Broniker, who's played 28 through the first eight games of the season. They've been getting J.P. Holt a little bit more involved, but it just seems like they need to do something to get more out of the tight end position. And right now, it doesn't seem like they're going to get it from Trey Burton or Adam Shaheen. They also need to get more out of Tariq Cohen in this Bears backfield. We'll see if we can diagnose some of the problems and some of the ways they might be able to get their explosive playmaker going a little bit more next on Locked On Bears. We talked after the loss to the Eagles about how the whole 2017 draft class in particular has been disappointing and and particularly struggled against the Philadelphia Eagles. And Tariq Cohen is right in the thick of those struggles. We really haven't seen him play at a super high level really at any point this season in terms of like production. He's had some a couple big punt returns here and there, but offensively has not been the playmaker or the catalyst to offensive success that we saw so often in his first few years in the NFL. And it sure would be helpful if they could get more out of Tariq Cohen. Some of it has been self-inflicted. We've seen a lot more dropped passes this season, and they're just misplayed balls, the bobbles, the drops, the out-of-bounds, and those sort of mental concentration-type mistakes that just sort of mark a bad team in a bad situation that weren't necessarily there earlier in Tariq Cohen's career and maybe aren't fully indicative of, of who he is as a player. But even when he is catching the ball, you know, we're seeing significantly fewer yards per completion, a lot fewer yards after the catch as well. And I I really get frustrated with how much he runs laterally and toward the sideline whenever he gets the ball in his hands rather than taking the yards upfield. And that was something he did a lot in college at North Carolina A&T. And it worked because he was the fastest and most explosive player on the field every time he was given the ball. But, you know, in, in the NFL there's a lot of fast guys out there and you can't outrun all of them. And sometimes you need to just take the yards that you're given. And it didn't seem like that was as big of a problem for him in his first couple seasons. But I wonder if this season, if he's trying to sort of press and feel like he needs to make a big play and needs to make something out of nothing every time he touches the ball. And I wonder if it's sort of like, oh, I got to go outside because there's a chance I could break something here if I have a little bit more space there rather than just taking the couple extra yards that might be in front of him to get a little bit closer for a more manageable down and distance rather than trying to get the first down or the touchdown every time he touches the ball. And so those are the kind of things that I think we could see Tariq Cohen do better. But he's also seems to be sort of fluctuated in his role in the offense. And I'm sure that can be a little bit frustrating and can be difficult to sort of get into a rhythm with what he wants. And you you look at his usage this year compared to years past, uh, fewer carries 
in terms of the rate of carries. He's he's not getting runs nearly as often as before, which isn't necessarily a, a terrible thing, but maybe he would like to get a little bit more ground just so defenses have to respect him as a runner a little bit more. But even in the passing game, fewer touches and, and just not, you know, he's just not carrying the ball nearly as much. So we don't we don't see, you know, we don't feel his impact. We don't see his impact and we don't get any of those. Even though his running hasn't really been all that successful this season, there's just fewer times when it feels like he's making an impact on the game. And even when they do go to him in the running game, it seems like there's been some questionable play calls and decisions there. You know, you think back to the goal line against the Eagles where they had eight guys in the box and like six blockers and they tried to make him go over the top and it just, it didn't make any sense. So he's he's being put into some weird roles, but even in like the last two weeks in particular, his snap counts have drastically diminished. Last two games, he's played a combined 32 snaps, 16 out of 80 plays against the Chargers and 16 out of 44 plays against the Philadelphia Eagles. Much, you know, those were both his lowest snap totals in any game this season, and, and you wonder if the, if the Bears are sort of getting frustrated with him or if there's a, an unreported injury in there slowing him down perhaps, but regardless, his, his role even in the passing game seems to be diminishing, and it, it's it's changed a lot from this season. You know, you, you might remember in week one against the Green Bay Packers, they sort of debuted Tariq Cohen, the slot wide receiver, where he played only like a handful of snaps at running back in that game. He played four snaps in the backfield and 47 at wide receiver, and he was a full-time wide receiver. But they kind of poo-pooed that after one game and, and went back to Tariq Cohen, the running back, for about weeks two through seven, where against the Saints, he really was their go-to option in the backfield because, of course, they didn't run the ball at all, so they just kept playing Tariq Cohen back there in a lot of passing situations. But then after the Saints game, with his role diminishing a bit more again. They, they went back to more Tariq Cohen, the receiver, even when he's only playing 16 snaps. Maybe they felt like he wasn't offering what they wanted in the running game, but could still be the receiver. But, you know, he's not getting targeted downfield as much as before. And I think when I when you start to look at, like, things Matt Nagy could do, getting him matched up against more linebackers and, and sort of the mismatch in the passing game is where he should win. And I think we've seen him too much as a receiver where he doesn't have the speed advantage against cornerbacks or the route running advantage against cornerbacks that are usually going up against, you know, receivers that he needs to be going up against guys who are usually defending running backs, but defenses are doing a good job of treating Cohen like a wide receiver and defenses will often bring in an extra defensive back when Tariq Cohen is in the game, the same way they would if the bears had an extra wide receiver in the game. So there are things Matt Nagy needs to do in order to sort of counteract that. And a lot of that means leaving Tariq Cohen in the backfield you know, and if, if you had four wide receivers and Tariq Cohen in the backfield on a play with four receivers out wide, uh, you know, are they gonna is the defense gonna have all five defensive backs match one on one? Or if you want to have two safeties, are you gonna bring in seven defensive backs and then you have room to to run with Cohen? Or are you gonna have to match up Tariq Cohen with a linebacker and there's your passing advantage for the Bears offense? That that's that's a matchup Tariq Cohen can win on pretty much any route out of the backfield as long as he's not just the check down because I think that's the other thing too is so often Tariq Cohen's passes are coming as check down or screen check down or screen and he's a receiver who can be so much more in terms of those downfield options we've only really seen a handful of targets really beyond you know five or so yards downfield and only one of them 
has been completed, and it was against the Chargers where he did that. He was lined up at a tight end spot and, and worked up the seam. It, it's sort of one of their go-to concepts. And like against Denver, there was that one right away in the game that the defensive back was trailing behind him and was just barely able to reach in and break up. It was like 37 yards downfield. You know, there have been some shots in there, but it just hasn't been all together for Tariq Cohen the way we came to expect earlier in his career and, and the way the Bears offense really needs at this point to get things going. So if you're a Bears offense trying to find answers, trying to find solutions, there's one. You get Tariq Cohen better matchups where he can win one-on-one because he's one of those playmakers that's very capable of winning one-on-one. You know, it's not as it's not as simple for Trey Burton who, who's struggling to even win one-on-one because of perhaps injury limitations in that regard. But you can get more out of Tariq Cohen. I think you can get more out of David Montgomery in a similar way in the passing game. But of course, you also need to get more out of Mitchell Trubisky to, to get the ball where it needs to go and also get it there accurately and, and make the right read. So it's never quite as simple as do this and everything will be fine. And you know, even if everything isn't fine, we'll be right here every day to break it all down and bring you more of your daily Chicago Bears news and analysis. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast to keep up with all of our shows and make sure you send in your question for tomorrow's mailbag podcast. Give us a call and leave a voicemail. The phone number is 312-620-8590. You can also tweet at Locked on Bears. You can send us an email, lockedonbears at gmail.com, or you can join in the Locked on Bears Facebook group as well for even more Chicago Bears talk with your fellow podcast listeners. It's certainly a great way to be able to you know, vent some frustration, but also experience the highs and lows together with your fellow Bears fan. Because I think as, as the members of the Lockdown Bears Facebook group will tell you, it's a great way to bear down. <laughs>